It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome into this Thanksgiving edition of East Coast Bias. Happy Thanksgiving, one and all. I'm JJ John Jastrzemski, alongside Joe House, alongside Raheem Palmer. We have you set for as good a football weekend as you are going to find with three games on Thursday, a Black Friday game mixed in with some college football and NBA on Friday, Saturday, full slate of college football, and then Sunday and Monday, the NFL get back to business. So we have a lot to chew on. We have a lot to be thankful for. Um, But before we dive into the card, Raheem Palmer, you're two for two with your underdog now on Ring of Wise Guys. You went with the gigantic dog a couple of Mondays ago with the Bills and the Broncos. You went with a smaller dog with the Eagles and the Chiefs. And I got to be honest with you, Dream. The Chiefs dominating the first half. It looks like they're about to go up 10 and Travis Kelsey fumbles the football. And I think every receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs was just allergic to catching the football. Uh, you know what? The Bronco one you deserve. This one I kind of feel like you got away with, buddy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I definitely got away with it. When you look at the box score, the Chiefs outgained them in first downs. They outgained them in total yards, yards per play, rushing yards. You know, a big part of my handicap was that I felt like the Eagles were going to be able to stop the run and they were going to be able to run the ball, but the Chiefs ran all over them. But I think the what it comes down to is that these Chiefs, their wide receiving core is not what we saw from them in the past. And, you know, a lot of my Philadelphians will laugh at this, but... Their receiving core this year is what the Eagles had for like 15 years under Andy Reid. So it's just as good as Patrick Mahomes is, it's tough for him to overcome when guys are just dropping wide open touchdowns and Kelsey is not the same guy that he used to used to be. He's fumbling balls and whatnot. So I was lucky to get away with it. But I, I mean, sometimes you just it's better to be lucky than good. Listen, I understand that. And House, I think two big takeaways I have from this game. Philadelphia is 9-1, and one, and yet I feel they still have not played their best football. I feel like this team could be had. I, I think if you look at a lot of the metrics, and we'll get to our lines for Sunday later on in the show, I think the line with Buffalo and Philadelphia kind of speaks to those metrics with the Eagles only being a three-and-a-half point favorite. But that's takeaway number one. The other takeaway I have, Kansas City better get the one seed. Because this version of the Kansas City Chiefs, as dynamic as they are on defense, they are just not the same offensive team. No Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, unless Taylor Swift is coming to the game, is not the version of Travis Kelsey he's been in the past. 
And I think if you're Kansas City, and I know it's Mahomes, and I know I might look like a fool for saying this because he could win a couple of road playoff games, but I am kind of of the mindset that if Kansas City is going to get back to the Super Bowl this year, House, I think they got to get that number one seed. They need it. Yeah, JJ, to your point, what has befallen this Chiefs team as a result of the turnover in that receiver room is their margin for error has shrunk. And when they have gone up against, you know, good teams, your Detroit's, your, your, what we watch out of the Philadelphia Eagles team, their inability to make the game changing plays is producing losses for them. And, you know, you can't have the red zone turnovers that they had last night uh, or this week when, you know, you're up against a team like the Philadelphia Eagles who are disciplined and patient and can just, you know, play it on, on out. Um, the other thing uh, with this, this, this Chiefs team, the defense is, is fine. The defense looked good last night, um, but they, they just don't have anything cooking on that offensive side. And the absence of, of second half points, I mean, you know, the, everybody uh, saw earlier this week the you know the the relentless lack of performance in the second half um they they better get there because the afc is 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 tough i mean you know there are a whole bunch of teams that are right there for a chiefs team who i think is like just flat out not as good as, as previous iterations you know what i'll say i think the chiefs are very similar to the 2014 through the 2018 LeBron James Cleveland Cavaliers. And I say that from a sense that the rest of the conference is weak. And you you could say those Cavs teams weren't great, but was the DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry Toronto Raptors going to beat LeBron James? Were the Isaiah Thomas Boston Celtics going to beat LeBron James? And you could say the same thing about the rest of the AFC right now. We lost two Super Bowl contenders out of the AFC just this week with Joe Burrow being out for the season and Deshaun Watson being out for the season. And when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and their schedule, they're set up to get the number one seed. They got the Raiders this week as nine and a half point favorites. Then they got the Packers, the Bills, the Patriots, the Raiders again, the Bengals without Joe Burrow and a Chargers team who just lost Joey Bosa and is just banged up and and Staley's going to get fired. So they're set up to get the number one seed because I only see one real loss on that schedule. Now we know this is the NFL, but I just think they're in prime position. And I just think with the rest of the AFC, if if Baltimore doesn't pull it off this year, when are they ever going to do it? So I think the Chiefs will be fine. Listen, they'll probably be fine when it's all said and done. I think they need to get that one seed. Um, And listen, Every year in the AFC, since Patrick Mahomes has become the starter, uh, my buddy Adam Shine says it best, the Mahomes Invitational at Arrowhead in the month of January has been par for the course in the AFC. And we'll see if somebody can upset the apple cart as far as that's concerned. Now, we have a bunch of Thanksgiving games to get to. And we're in a chat with our buddies, Cousin Sal, and of course, the podfather, Bill Simmons. And House, there are a lot of monstrous favorites on Thursday. There's another monstrous favorite on Friday. So before we dissect and before we get into these games individually, I'm going to ask you this question. Out of the four big favorites, we have Thursday and then Friday. Who's the most vulnerable? Is it Detroit against Green Bay? Is it Dallas against Washington? Is it San Fran in the division game against Seattle? Or is it my Dolphins, Black Friday, against Tim Boyle and the New York Jets? How so start with you? Who would be the most concerning for any tease, parlay amongst the favorites as far as the team that's going to screw it up? Because you know one is probably going to find a way to screw it up. Uh, this is... Uh... The hardest question you've asked me since we've been doing this show because <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. My inclination would be the Green Bay, um, but Detroit has beat the hell out of Green Bay. This iteration of, of the Detroit Lions, they went into Green Bay earlier this season and took them out to, to, to Dream's Deep Waters and held their, their heads all the way down. David Montgomery had three touchdowns. 
there's no scenario under which I'm going to say the C words because that, that nobody is worse at preparing on a short week than, than Washington. I don't know what their look ahead planning looks like, but I think it could look like, you know, the toilets that don't work out there at FedEx field, uh, you know, where they, where they play their home games. Seattle um, is dinged. And I'm not going to say that there's a scenario under which I can endorse Drew Luck, uh, Drew Locke, uh, especially up against this uh, San Francisco defense that added Chase Young and is now looking pretty fearsome in terms of a pass rush. And what? Me and Mr. Boyle and Mrs. Boyle are all going to be rooting for Tim Boyle on, on uh, Friday at 3 o'clock now. On a money line perspective, I I like all four of the big favorites, and you know what 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 to do about that? Well, parlay all of them. Just do it. You know it's holiday season. Go try and catch something so that you can afford one of the new TVs from Best Buy on Black uh, uh, Black Friday. Um, but honestly, I don't I don't endorse that. I I just I can't come up with a game script for any of the underdogs out of those four games. Okay, you can't find one. Dream. I know you're going to be able to find one. I'm not concerned about that. Out of the four I just mentioned, a house, who's the most vulnerable to lose the game outright Thursday or Friday? The Dallas Cowboys, by far. Wow, and they're the biggest favorite on the board. Yes. Wow, okay. When you look at what the Dallas Cowboys have done on Thanksgiving, it's left a lot to be desired. They failed to cover 11 out of the last 12 on Thanksgiving, and they're 0-4, excuse me, 0-5 in their last five Thanksgiving games against the spread. Dak Prescott is just one in five against the spread. Now, I noticed Washington Commanders defense is piss poor right now. You look at their numbers right now, I think they're 30th in drop back EPA per play. They can't stop anybody. But this is a, a divisional game. And we saw Sam Howell come in in one of his first starts last year and defeat the Cowboys 26 to 6. If there's one thing that the, the commanders are going to be able to do is they're going to be able to pass the ball and keep up. So with the way that the Cowboys have played on Thanksgiving, that's a game that kind of scares me. A lot of the trends are going to back up your opinion here, Dream, considering the Cowboys do not cover on Thanksgiving over the last few years. They went from a team that in the 1990s used to be an automatic bet on Thanksgiving to now a team that you really want to fade them. I mean, the Raiders beat them outright a couple of years ago with the pit boss. Last year, I remember I had the Cowboys laying points on Thanksgiving. They were smoking the Giants the entire game. And as I'm chowing down my pumpkin pie and I'm thinking I'm going to be cashing another bet, I got to sit there and watch Daniel Jones backdoor cover. And it made me sick to my stomach in a game that should have never been that close. So I understand that rationale. My issue is, and we'll get to it when we break down Washington and Dallas, Dallas has made a habit of smoking these bad teams this year. I mean, they have been really good at it. And the commander defense is just putrid. So when we come back, there is a team that I think is vulnerable amongst the four. I do. And it better not be my team on Friday. I'm just throwing that one out there. But we'll get to all the Thanksgiving games. We got sides. We got totals. We got a whole lot of stuff to be thankful for. The East Coast Bias Boys right here on FanDuel TV. We're coming right back. This year, FanDuel's got something you'll really be thankful for because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. With so many games going on, Thanksgiving is the perfect time to join. We got a ringer, East Coast Bias, parlay for the Packer line game. You want to check that out and then... How about a two-leg, two-team tease? Niners, Dolphins, McDaniel, Shanahan, and then a little under for Jets-Dolphins on Black Friday. So a lot of plays I like going into the weekend. Let's hope it treats me well. You want to visit FanDuel.com gamblers and fill up your plate with parlays and player props all weekend long. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21-plus at present in select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First, online, real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. 
All right, guys. So, for me, I think Detroit's the most vulnerable. I do. And, and I understand your point, House, about what the Lions did to Green Bay on that Thursday night game a couple weeks ago. Because I remember it well. Bet Detroit in the game. Felt great about it. And Detroit was up big. They kind of let Green Bay back in it, but then they really stomped down on them in the fourth quarter. I just think I've seen some positives now from the Packers over the last couple weeks. They've gotten their passing game going. Romeo Dobbs coming alive. Jordan Love coming alive. And I'm getting seven and a half points with the team in Detroit that they have issues in that secondary. You could throw the ball on the Detroit Lions. I know it's Thanksgiving. I know everyone's expecting it to be kind of a Lion coronation for the first time in forever. They're like a high-quality, high-caliber Detroit Lion team playing in these Thanksgiving games. Raheem, I think in these teases and in these parlays, the Lions could be the one to screw it up right out of the gate. I'm on Green Bay plus the points, and I think Green Bay is going to be live in this game. I really do. Interesting. Why do you think Green Bay is going to be live? Because when I watched that first game between these two teams, it felt like Green Bay didn't have any answers for them defensively. And when you look at this matchup, they're going to probably be missing Jair Alexander. It also has come out on the offensive side of the ball. Aaron Jones, he has an MCL injury. So those are two significant losses for me. So what's the case for Green Bay? The case is Jordan Love is playing much better than he did the last time they played. That, to me, is the case in this game. And we just saw what Justin Fields was able to do against Detroit's defense. And I know they yucked it up in the final two or three minutes of the game, but that's a game Detroit should have lost on Sunday to Chicago. They should consider themselves very lucky that they found a way to win that game. And, and why is that line not budging off a seven and a half? That's, that's my other question, Raheem. Everybody coming in on the Lions, everybody wants to bet and tease the Lions, but the books seem very comfortable, and our friends at FanDuel are very comfortable with that number right where it's at. So I had this line power rated at about six and a half. So it does feel like you're getting a, a half a point or a point of value. I think where the real value is for this game is the over 46 and a half. This might be 47 by the time you guys are seeing it. But I just think this is a shootout. You look at the first game between these two teams, 34 to 20, and the Lions were able to get whatever they wanted. And I think if you're going to make the case for the Packers, it's going to be Jordan Love putting up points. But I just don't see how they slow down Detroit in this matchup. So I really like the over for this matchup. All right, over. House, how are you looking at Green Bay, Detroit? I am playing the Detroit Lions as a teaser leg from seven and a half down to one and a half. And I'm looking at a bunch of props. I'm on the David Montgomery anytime touchdown on FanDuel right now at minus 150. I'm on Jameer Gibbs. I'm going to keep going back to this Jameer Gibbs receiving yards prop until they, they take it up. All he does is catch 35 yards or more every week, and this prop is priced under 30 yards. Um, he they, they give him a bunch of targets, and he turns those targets into catches, and he turns those catches into positive yardage. So I'm playing both of those those props, and then Detroit's going to be in, in at least one teaser that I have uh, pulled together here, JJ. I can understand teasing down Detroit. I just think in that 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 that, that range, seven and a half, uh, give me those seven and a half with the Packers. Okay, we know where Raheem stands on this game, House. He's grabbing Washington. You are Mr. Washington. Well, I, I'm not sure if I'm grabbing Washington. I lean Oh, you don't know Washington. yet. I, I lean towards Washington. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to grab it, but I definitely don't want to lay the 11 with the Cowboys here. All right, so under no circumstance, you're betting the Cowboys. That's under no circumstance. No, no circumstance, you're betting the Cowboys. House, you just watched your Washington Commanders lose to Tommy DeVito and the New York Giants for the second time this year. Now, it was Tyrod Taylor in game one, Tommy DeVito in game two. Does your team show any sort of pulse on Turkey Day? I think so. I mean, the best bet for this game is Ron Rivera's fired by Monday, which is definitely uh, coming down the pike. Uh, I understand why the leadership, you know, with the short work week, uh, you know, the game ending when it did on Sunday afternoon, into this Thursday Dallas situation, you don't need to mess up the team's best chances at competing by firing the coach. But they'll do that after this Dallas game. Um, I, you know, we have two competing kind of uh, situations here. We have whatever is the thing that makes Dallas weird on Thanksgiving, and then we have the thing where Dallas has beating the living hell out of bad teams this season. Six of their seven wins by at least. 20 points. 
And there is nothing about the Washington defense that suggests they're going to be able. They are horrendous against wide receiver ones. Did you see what A.J. Brown did to this team twice this year? Did you see what D.J. Moore did to this team earlier this year? Do you wait till you see what C.D. Lamb does to this Washington secondary on Thursday? So I love the idea of just putting Dallas into some money line parlays. I'll take the caution that Dream is offering here and not mess around with the number at all. But Moneyline Parlay Land, welcome Dallas Cowboys to the dinner table. Yeah, I'm so glad that House mentioned what all of the wide receivers has done to this to this commander's team because I think this is another overplay. I think this this total is short. At 48 and a half, it just feels like we're going to get a shootout. And if Dallas is going to continue to bully these bad teams, it's going to come with their offense. And you can see how Dak has performed against, you know, lower tier defenses. So I think Sam Howe is going to be able to pass the ball at will. And I also think Dak Prescott is going to be able to pass the ball at will. So I like the over 48 and a half. I would play this up to 49. Obviously, 49 is a key number in NFL total. So that's where I'm looking for this game to play anything. I like it, and I'm going to be with you on the over. I think there's a reason why this total has climbed up over the last couple of days. Uh, I don't like this game, guys, as much as I like Green Bay, but Raheem, I think your lean is the right one in this game. It's way too many points. I think the line is just a little out of whack, and I think it's a little bit of people being prisoners in a moment from what happened last week because, Raheem, I ask you this. I don't know what the look-ahead line was, but before the Giants beat the Commanders, what was this line going to be? Eight and a half, nine? So the look-ahead line that I have for the preseason was Cowboys minus six. Oh, so that's a, but that's a long time. That's a long time that's ago. That's a long time ago. But, I mean, I guess... I'd say it was a little higher than that, probably, you know... Yeah, but I guess, I guess take, a, right? a week ago was probably about nine. So it just feels like you're getting an extra bit of value because they lost to the Giants. I mean, this is a, a commander's team which was laying 10 and a half points to the Giants. Now you come back and you're catching 11 and another divisional game. Like, people forget that these guys are NFL players and there's a source of pride, particularly when you're playing a divisional opponent and your rival in the Dallas Cowboys. So I just think 11 is too much. I can't get to that number. Alright, let's get to the third game uh, on Thursday. A division game. The San Francisco 49ers, since Brock Purdy has come off the bye, they are back. They are humming. They are firing all those cylinders. Purdy working his way back in the MVP conversation. You got Debo Samuel back. You got Trent Williams back. And the Niners laying seven against the Seattle team that yucked one up against the Rams last week. We're not sure if it's going to be Geno Smith or Drew Locke yet. And that line is at seven. House, this is where I feel very comfortable. The Niners smoked Seattle last year. They smoked them on a Thursday night. They beat them up in the postseason. They beat them three times. I think they have their number. The only cause for concern is that Seattle is entering a make-or-break stretch. And, fellas, for what it's worth, we might have to start thinking about Seattle missed the postseason tickets because their next four games... They're six and four. They got the Niners twice. They got the Eagles. And they got Dallas. That's his that's his if they go one and three, they played well in, in that four game stretch. I know this house. I'm teasing the Niners with something else I like. That's a guarantee. And I would feel comfortable laying the seven points in this spot. I just think they own this matchup. Yeah, I wonder if by the time we get around to uh Thursday night and we're all fat and happy we're leaning back it's what if that number's still at seven i wouldn't be shocked if it jumps up over it over the course depending on what happens especially in that early game if uh detroit does not hold serve watch everybody plow into that san francisco number like it's two two sets of pumpkin pie with a beautiful pecan pie in the middle and man don't even start with the sweet potato pie that's right here by my right hand i mean everybody's going to be plowing in so I, I wouldn't be shocked to see that number jump over it. I'll put it into a teaser leg immediately, but I'm totally fine with laying the points with San Francisco. I also like, and I think my favorite play, is going to be the San Francisco team total. Uh, it's uh, at 25 and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. I just think that what we have seen out of San Francisco with the return of Trent Williams to that offensive line and what that means for Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, Dan, he had a perfect passer rating on this this past Sunday, almost perfect rating two weeks ago. 
He's nearly perfect when he has Trent Williams out there taking care of that left side of the line. I'm on San Francisco, and I like very much, uh, you know, the, the, the situation for them to score some points this week. So that that's the way I'm playing it. Yeah, I think this is a family play. I love San Francisco in this spot. We saw Brock Purdy beat this team twice last year. And, you know, one of those games was his first row start. And in that first row start, he was 17 of, of 26, 217 yards, two touchdowns. And then he came back and beat them in the postseason. 18 of 30, 332 yards with three touchdowns. So he owns this Seattle Seahawks defense. I just don't like to me, there's levels. Meek Mill had that record called levels a couple years ago. Seattle just can't match their level at all. And also we have to remember Geno Smith. He did injure his hand in Sunday's game. So he's going to be coming into this game a little bit banged up. I think you could safely lay the six and a half. And I also think you could put them in six point teasers as well. That is something I will be doing uh, without question. The Niners are not losing this game to Seattle. They are not losing this game to Seattle. They're just certain matchups that don't work out well for certain teams. Seattle doesn't match up well. I mean, let's be honest. Not many teams match up well with the San Francisco 49ers. All right, fellas. Finally, our first ever Black Friday game. And, you know, when the schedule makers had this one coming out, it was two and Aaron Rodgers. It was going to be the Dolphins and the Jets. Well, one team has lived up to the billing. Dolphins are 7-3. and three. They lead in the AFC East. The Jets, after 4-3, and three, have lost three consecutive games. Zach Wilson to the bench. He's now the third-string quarterback. And it will be Tim Boyle at quarterback for the New York Jets. Now, I'm going to say this. This spread to me is tough from this standpoint. I don't know if the Jets defensively are going to be more inspired or less inspired by the quarterback change. It can't be any worse than Zach. That's kind of the way I look at it. So, like, division game, 10 points, Good defense. My my inclination is I'm taking them. I'm holding my nose. I'm taking them, and I'm going to say it's an ugly game. But Raheem, the player, like more in this game. The under, 41. I think Miami is going to run a very vanilla game plan. They're going to look to run the ball a lot. They're not going to try to compromise Tua against this terrific Jet defensive line. The way to beat the Jets is running the ball. I think that's the game plan you see from Mike McDaniel and company where it's like, hey, Let's get out and dodge here ugly. Three-point win, four-point win, something along the lines of that. So I see that under, and I bet it. I love it, and I'll be there holding my nose with all the other New Yorkers, but I'll be wearing my Dolphins stuff. I love under 41 for the Jets and the Dolphins on Friday. That makes sense to me. And you said it can't get worse for the Jets than Zach Wilson. I think it can get worse. When you look at what Tim Boyle has done throughout the course of his career, He basically came in for Aaron Rodgers at points in times to kneel the ball down. He stank last week. He played 15 plays last week. He had a negative EPA per play of 0.85. He had a 7% success rate. You know what Zach Wilson did? He had a negative EPA per play of 0.26 and a 33% success rate. So, yes, it can get worse than Zach Wilson. Tim Boyle, I have no reason why he's I don't I don't even know why he's in the NFL at this point. And that's no disrespect. I mean, I want to see guys get their money, but I think this is a smash spot for the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, last week they didn't cover against the Las Vegas Raiders, who have been performing a lot better under Antonio Pierce. But this Jets team, they feel like they're on the verge of quitting. And Tim Boyle is just not going to do enough to keep them in this game and help them cover this number. So I like. So you would lay it. Yeah, I would would lay it. it. You would, and you have no hesitation laying double digits on the road against this Jet defense. None at all. Now, obviously, I would love to get the nine and a half. Right now, it's at nine and a half on FanDuel Sportsbook. Obviously, I don't want to lay the other side of ten because that is a key number. But at nine and a half, this is a smash spot. I probably would lay I would lay this up to 10. If it gets to 10 and a half, then I'm a little bit scared because if it lands on 10, then you're, you're, you're killed. But I think they go out there and they smash this team. We've seen the Dolphins go out there and, and, and put 10 touchdowns in a game. <laughs> like, the, the Jets might not score 10 touchdowns in the last seven weeks of the season. Well, con- considering the Jets only have nine offensive touchdowns at this point through these first 11 weeks, and I encourage everybody, I appreciate you guys giving me a nice setup. Listen in the Friday morning Ringer Gambling Show, me and Warren Sharp together. Warren Sharp has done a deep dive 
on just who the hell is Tim Boyle. Now, to, I won't spoil it, but I will say that he came into the Green Bay Packers system because the Packers have this model, this mode for potential backups that he happened to fit. He's 6'4", he's a big guy with a strong arm, but his college career was nothing. He was not drafted. He went undrafted, and I'll just leave it there. Come in on Friday and listen to the handicap of this Jets-Dolphins games, my friend. But look, we guys, we're, we're on the same side. Once again, it's not surprising. Miami, my friends, I'm here to announce they are an under team. The three of the last four have been under. The last two Miami games have not gone over 35 points. And, you know, we, we know for sure that the Jets are not going to score. Miami would prefer to go ahead and, and run the ball in this situation. Now, uh, David De- 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 Chain is, you know, ailing. But Miami has scored 20 or less points in three of their last four games. And if, if the Miami pathway to an easy win here is just controlling the ball and not letting the Jets have it uh, and, and, you know, having their way with the rush, then that's fine. But I think they're also okay with letting the Jets have the ball because the Jets aren't going to do anything with it. So I, I, I like this, uh, this underplay uh, very much, guys. I think the only way, Raheem, I get in trouble with this under is if you have some, some sloppy turnovers that lead to easy scores the other way. Where you're talking about a bunch of short fields for Miami or the Jets for that matter. Like that, that, that to me is the only way I'm getting over 41 in this game. You know, I just don't see it. Or if the Jet defense says we're done and we're not showing up. I mean, you always could take the Jets team total under as well. You're looking at a Jets team total of 14 and a half. So I think I would want to go under on that. Like if Tim Boyle puts up 15 points on a, a, a Vic Fangio defense, then so be it. I don't see it happening. Well, Raheem, I hope your cap is right with the Dolphins laying the nine and a half. And by the way, nine and a half, key number on FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, guys, it's a pretty intriguing uh, week 12 card. Some fascinating games on Sunday. One that I wouldn't have had circled at the beginning of the year. One I probably would have had circled at the beginning of the year. So we got you covered. Bunch of bets, bunch of games to get after. All that more. It's coming right back. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. A lot of good games in week 12. You know, Raheem, one I wouldn't have had circled at the beginning of the year, Jacksonville and Houston. Monster, monster game in the AFC South. The Jags laying a point and a half. Houston got away with one last week. Houston wins this game. They're in first place in the division. They'll have swept Jacksonville in the season series. What's your initial read here? Texans getting a point and a half at home. How do we feel about that? I'm leaning towards the Jacksonville Jaguars. And a big reason why is because I feel like this Texans defense can be had. And, you know, as well as C.J. Stroud has played, I, I just I feel like Jacksonville Jaguars have some value here. You look at the preseason, look ahead line on this game, and the Jags were laying four and a half. And now we're at one and a half. So it just feels like the, this is the peak of the Texans' value in the market. So I would be looking towards laying the one and a half with the Jacksonville Jaguars in this spot. I know C.J. Stroud carved up that Jaguars' defense earlier in the year when they played, but I think we're going to have a swift reversal here. Revenge spot you're feeling uh, for the for the Jaguars against the Texans. House, where do you stand, Jacksonville and Houston? Yeah, I'm with Dream on this. I like the situation in terms of Doug Peterson in a kind of revenge mode. There's a bunch of good numbers out there that demonstrate when Doug Peterson's losing a, a division game earlier uh, in the season, he comes back with a vengeance and his teams both cover and win uh, outright. The thing that I'm interested in matchup wise is the ability of, you know, the, the, the Jaguars passing attack to get going. The return of Zay Jones seems to have opened up Calvin Ridley. And honestly, I think we just saw uh, the best game of the season out of Trevor Lawrence. Now they went up against that beat up 
um, Titans defense. But the thing that, that felt like it was missing when I watched the Jags this year is seeing him get out and run Trevor Lawrence. And I finally feel like we saw the dose of running that makes the most sense. So I, I, I think there will be room to Dream's point for this Jaguar team to move the ball uh, down the field a little bit. And I think game plan wise, I just prefer Peterson and, and his staff. I think there's a slight coaching advantage for Doug Peterson in this divisional matchup. Well, guys, I'll make it three for three. I don't like this game maybe as much as you guys do, but I'm not going to go against Peterson here. Second time matching up against the Texans. I think they'll have some wrinkles and they'll be a little bit more prepared for C.J. Stroud. And listen, C.J. Stroud's been amazing. He's been so much fun to watch. But you saw some vulnerability with the Texans in that game against the Arizona Cardinals last week. Jacksonville looked like a team. I know the Titans stink. I know the Titan offensive line is putrid. But they looked like a team that was ready for their tune-up. Got it against the Titans. And I think they have a big effort against the Houston Texans. Now, another fascinating game here, guys. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Matt Canada out as offensive coordinator for the Steelers. I know all the Steelers fans in my life are very happy about that. The Steelers are only a one-point favorite in this game. Now, House, we have no idea what Jake Browning is going to look like with a full week of practice. He does have talent around him. Here's the way I kind of look at this game. I kind of think it's a kitchen sink game for the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, the Steelers are coming off an emotional game. They just fired an offensive coordinator. You got Lou licking his chops. And I know that Bengal defense has not been the same. But guess what? The Steelers get outgained in every single game. So, I, 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 to me, this is the sort of game where the Bengals kind of get that, like, win one for the Burrow type mentality. I'm leaning towards Cincinnati in this game. I don't love it. It's on my possibilities card. If I'm playing this game, I will be on Cincinnati. Just a little FYI. Yeah, I will say I am not playing this game because I don't there's there's too much uncertainty on both sides of the ball. Obviously, Browning, who the hell knows? And I don't know what the elimination of Matt Canada portends for this uh Pittsburgh Steelers offense i haven't seen yet um who the replacement is supposed to be i keep hearing these rumors that they're going to try and get big ben out there on the sidelines i'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing the only thing that i would be inclined to play in this game and i think it is either oh it's the second lowest total uh i think it's on the FanDuel sportsbook right now at 34 and a half i would just this is an under play for me the kenny pickett is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, and the Steelers have to do something this offseason to address it. He's bad across every advanced metric, and Steelers fans know it, and there's no coming back from from the kind of player that he is. Um, So I'm inclined to play the under here with the unknown quarterback out of the Bengals. And, you know, do we really think that a Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers defense is going to lose in consecutive weeks? to DTR, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and Jake Browning. It's hard hard for me to get there, Dream. Yeah, this one's tough. Though. This line opened at 36 and a half, and we're now down to 34. This is like preseason total category. So, like, I think you're going to eventually see some money on the over just because as, at some point, what did Ludacris say? How low can you go? Like, this is really, really low. So, I agree with House's assessment on the on the under, but I do have to take into account that this is a market, and at some point it is too low. Now, I did some research on how teams perform after they fire their offensive coordinator. They've gone nine and ten straight up, eleven and eight against the spread. Favorites are four and three straight up, and three and four against the spread. So there's no significant difference here, and I just don't know what you're going to expect from the new offensive coordinator, like. House said they might consider bringing Big Benjamin uh, <laughs> onto the field like Jeff Saturday did last year. So I, I just I can't do anything with this game. This this one's scary. <laughs> All right. Now, game of the week, possibly. And the Philadelphia Eagles are fresh off a short week and they're fresh off their win uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're back at home. They're three and a half point favorites against Buffalo. Buffalo, Raheem, they're one of those teams. They just fired their offensive coordinator. They had great results last week against the Jet team that has their problems and has their issues. Three and a half. 
kind of feel like they're begging you to take the Eagles with that spread and with that number. And I know a lot of the advanced metrics are probably going to favor the Bills in this spot. But again, it's one of those games where it's like, all right, can I see Buffalo go on the road and beat a big-time team? Do I trust Buffalo in this sort of environment against this sort of an opponent? So I'll let you start the proceedings. Bills, Eagles, are you playing it? And if you are, what side do you like? I'm not playing this game. I, like, I, I took the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday, but a lot of times when, when teams come off that big primetime win, especially one that they probably didn't deserve to get, it just feels like a letdown situation. And I, I don't really want to play a team off that Monday night game. And I, I think, you know, Buffalo has lost some guys. Obviously, on defense, the defense is not the same. So it's tough. It's tough to just trust this team to go in there and slow down this Eagles offense. And you look at the Eagles defense right now, they leave a lot to be desired. They can't stop anybody. Like you saw them leave Marcus Valdez Scantlin wide open for what should have been, been the go ahead touchdown. So, I'm going to stay away from this one. My, my numbers put this right at three and a half. So I think it's priced exactly where it should be. But if I had to lean anything, I probably would go with Buffalo. House? Yeah, I, I don't have anything on this game um, either. I don't think we can. There, there's any big takeaways from that Bills performance against the Jets other than the Jets finally reaching the realization that they had a guy at the quarterback position that doesn't belong in the NFL. That's the only takeaway that that's a value of that game. They fumbled the kickoff and the game was over, like literally. So I don't know whether or not you can say the Bills offense is back. Uh, you know, they're firing all cylinders. Um, their defense was good against Zach Wilson. Great, you know, and then, well, half of a game against Zach Wilson, half a game against Tim Boyle, who is just some guy. Um, not very instructive. And so what you're doing is, is referring to your priors with these teams. Like what is the true character of this Bills team when it's up against elite teams like the Philadelphia Eagles? And I just don't want to mess with it because of what Dream said. That win by the Eagles on Monday Night Football against the Chiefs gave the Eagles some wiggle room. And you know how much I, I talk about this. This is not the time to be playing around with your food out here, fellas, because it's it's turkey time. We're going to eat all weekend long. But I, I'm worried about um, the Eagles not coming out with, with all of the the, uh, the vim, vigor, and zeal that you would want in a matchup like this, JJ. Yeah, listen, um, I need to see more from Buffalo. I am scared about this being a letdown spot, though, for the Eagles. So it, it really is a that think about the three games we just talked about: Jacksonville and Houston. It felt like we had the strongest lean. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh is brutal. This game is brutal. You have a lot of really tough games to handicap across the board here in Week Twelve. Uh, we'll see if this one fits the bill. House Ravens, no Mark Andrews. Ravens with extra time to prepare. Against the Charger team that, if not now, then when? And listen, I think we all can't stand the coach. I think we're all of the mindset that this coach is going to get fired when it's all said and done at the end of the year. But this line at three and a half and not having Mark Andrews, my first inclination, you know what it was, guys? The Chargers are going to be in this game and they're going to lose in heartbreaking fashion on a Tucker field goal. That's my initial inclination on this game, that I would take the Chargers plus three and a half, but they'll find a way to screw it up. So my, my inclination on this one, fellas, is just to play the Ravens on the first half. Play the Ravens um, spread. They're 5-0 and oh, uh, against the spread in the first half on the road. They're 9-2 and two in first halves so far this season. And by contradistinction, the Chargers have been coming out of the gate slow a pretty significant negative point differential in the first half for the Chargers. Uh, I, I, you know, the, the the Ravens are always kind of a mystery. They have injuries at Marlon Humphrey, injury with Ronnie Staley, obviously the, um, <clears throat> the, 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 the tight end being out for the rest of the season is disastrous for them. Um, I think they'll come in and establish the run. I don't think this Chargers defense can stop Keaton Mitchell. Uh, I hope he gets a ton of touches. I know they can't stop tough Gus Edwards. So uh, I'd be inclined to play the Ravens, but the the way I feel comfortable playing it is is Ravens' first half spread. This one's tough just because there's key absences on both sides. House handed on it when you lose Mark Andrews, who is basically 
a big part of the offense for the Ravens. It just puts them in a bad spot. But that Joey Bosa injury is just it's it's a game changer for this Chargers team. So you saw it last week. Jordan Love was able to get anything that he wanted. So I think the public will be all over the Ravens here. But at three and a half, there's just something funny about that game. And I think you almost have to be looking at the Chargers as this could be like a last stand effort for them this team if they want to make the postseason. So I'm probably not going to play it. But if I had to lean anywhere, it probably would be on the Chargers. Listen, long story short, a lot of tough games. A lot of really, really tough games across the board in Week 12. Coming up, we got a lot more to do. We'll have a family, SGP, on Fandle for one of the Thanksgiving games and our best bets. Hard week. Listen, maybe I need a hard week because the easy weeks I've been screwing up. Maybe a hard week is going to bring the best out of me. I don't know. All that more. We'll cut right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So we have a family SGP for Lions Packers. We're not going to be unified on the side, but we got to put together a four-legger, boys. And House, you already alluded to a couple of sides you like. So why don't you share for them one more time, the audience, what you're thinking for our SGP. Yeah, I'm on David Montgomery for an anytime touchdown. He is their lead dog inside the red zone. Uh, Dan Campbell likes to run the ball into the end zone because he's an old school smash mouth kind of coach. And David Montgomery, as you good people may recall, had three rushing touchdowns against this uh, Packers team when they matched up earlier. He is available at minus 150, but we're putting him into this parlay. The other side of a leg that I like very much that that just it also happens to coincide with what seems to be an important element of the Lions game script. And that is Jameer Gibbs as a receiver, a running back coming out and giving Jared Goff a little bit of a, a, a target right there in the backfield. The um, He has had at least 35 receiving yards each of the last four weeks. This number as we're taping right now is under 30. So Jameer Gibbs over Whatever his receiving yards number is, I like that one a lot, JJ. All right, so we got two there. I'm on board with both. Raheem, you got to give me a leg. What do we like for the parlay? I'm going to go with the over 46 and a half on the total. It was 34 to 20 last time these two teams played. I think Jordan Love's playing a little bit better. That Detroit Lions defense still leave the, leaves a lot to be desired. So I think we get some points here. I like it, Raheem. And on that note, because Jordan Love is playing better over the last couple of weeks, Here's my contribution to the parlay. Two-plus passing touchdowns for Jordan Love. That's it. Aaron Jones isn't going to play. A.J. Dillon going to steal him? No, I'm going to say that we're going to have some touchdowns down the field like Justin Fields was able to have a week ago against his Detroit secondary. You can throw it on the Detroit Lions. So two is a winner here. Remember, you don't need three. It's two-plus. So we got Montgomery, we got Gibbs, we got an over, and we got Jordan Love at two-plus touchdowns. Guys, that's how you put together a variety pack for a four-legger to kick off Thanksgiving Day. I like it. I like it. Boys, when we come back, our Week 12 best bets. We're feeling good about these, hopefully. Uh, We'll come back, hopefully get the better number. Learned the hard way last week. Sometimes you got to get the right number. I did on East Coast Bias. I didn't on Ringer Wise, guys, so... We shall see. We'll come right back. All right, boys. Best bet time, week 12. Raheem, I'll start with you. What's catching our eye, buddy? Okay, what's catching my eye? This is really, really ugly, and this might end up being my man's best bet on Ringer of Wise Guys. But I think I like the Carolina Panthers plus four against the Tennessee Titans next week. I think this is just way too many points for this Titans team to be laying. So that's where I'm headed. Wow. Ugly. That is ugly to say the least going with the Carolina Panthers. But from what we've seen out of Tennessee, that looks like a team that's tanking. That looks like a team that has kind of mailed it in on the second half of this year. And they can't block anybody at the line of scrimmage. So 
Yeah, you're getting some value there. House, week 12, best bet. What would it be? We're going into the dark meat because the dark meat is the best part of the turkey, fellas. We're starting off with a, it's a two-leg teaser, of course. And we're going to start with the Detroit Lions. We're taking them seven and a half down to one and a half. But the real dark meat, the juicy part, comes with the other leg. The Cleveland Browns, once again, a two and a half point dog. We're taking them from two and a half, pushing them up through eight and a half. They are in Denver, and to forecast perhaps my man's best bet, I absolutely love the Cleveland Browns in this matchup against the Denver Broncos. I might be on them on the money line, but I'm certainly putting them in this two-leg teaser. Let's enjoy this dark meat, JJ. Listen, love me some dark meat. I thought about actually going with Denver in this spot. I'm not going to do it. I do think Cleveland, for to your point, might be a good team to put in that teaser leg because that game has closed and ugly written all over it. Guys, I picked the Atlanta Falcons at the beginning of the year to win the division. If the Atlanta Falcons are going to win the NFC South, it is a must-have for them Sunday as a pick against Cash Bar, Derek Carr, and the New Orleans Saints. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm sticking to my preseason pick. Speaking of holding your nose, the Falcons are the worst team in football against the spread this year. But the Saints, they're not much better. So I'm going to take the home team. I'm going to pray and I'm going to hold my nose that my division bet is going to be alive and well after this particular game. Give me those dirty birds down in Atlanta. Pick them. The return of Desmond Ritter. Oh, baby. Falcons, get it done over the New Orleans Saints. How about that for a parting gift for East Coast Bias House? I know you can't wait to bet on Atlanta with me. It's going to be so much fun. Come on. I know you can't wait. (laughs) It, It is a dirty bird, but maybe that's the flavor of the weekend. I wish you the best of luck, buddy. It is Thanksgiving, so in the spirit of Thanksgiving, give me a dirty bird to say goodbye. For Raheem, House, JJ signing off. Good job by the Wargon Warrior. Boys will be back. House got his show on Friday, then Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Ringer Wise, guys. Don't want to miss it. Boys are out. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas. Under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org Connecticut. 109 within Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or... Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.